This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 33, Good News, Bad News. It's an ominous title, kind of, I mean, semi-ominous. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you, Craig? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm uh, glad to hear that you're back out on the road. Um, you know, generally we like having you in the studio. You know, it's nice to to be face to face as we talk. But on the other hand, when you're in here, that means you're not out on the road driving. And now you are. So how are things going out there? Um, they're they're going pretty well. T- today's kind of been a crazy day. I've been through six states, started the day out in um, Columbus, Georgia, so right on the border of uh, Georgia and Alabama, in t-shirts, t-shirt and shorts. And uh, I've been through, so Georgia, Alabama, um, Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, ended up in Missouri, and it's below freezing. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) So so you clipped through the northern part of Alabama then. Chris, have you ever been to this? This has got to be my favorite stop anywhere in the country. Uh, is the uh, the unclaimed baggage center? I, I have not been to the unclaimed baggage center, but it sounds uh, exciting. This is just okay. It's a you know it's a little tip for you or anybody else who's driving through northern Alabama. It's uh, it's it's a bit like a discount store, but their shtick is that they buy unclaimed luggage from the airlines. And so the airline loses a piece of luggage and nobody goes and claims it. And then they sell it at auction, kind of like those uh, storage units. And so I was just going to say, yeah, storage wars. is what Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What so called? they'll yeah. so they'll buy the luggage and then sell whatever's inside. Uh, it's pretty great. I'll have to remember that if I pass through northern Alabama again. You can go get your Brooks Brothers shirts at a discount. <laughs> yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. All right. So, uh, Chris, any any stories from out on the road lately? Yeah, I've I've got a few. One of them's kind of kind of interesting. If you remember from the last episode, um, I, I we were talking about professionalism, and and I shared a story that Jake, my dispatcher, had told me about one of his drivers who had, um, or actually one of his owner operators who had checked um, some of the paperwork on a load because it wasn't matching up with. Uh, what was being loaded onto his truck called the broker and um, they'd left the PO off and, you know, yeah. he, he kind of saved the day. Well, literally last time we recorded, I left the recording studio, went and picked up my truck and went and picked up a load. And it was kind of funny because the load paperwork showed, um, and I think we talked about this, one pallet and a thousand pounds. And it was going all the way down to the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. Yeah. And, and anyway, so I go and I pick the load up and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, one pallet. I back to the door, you know, they, I, I fill the, um, the uh, forklift, drive onto the, the trailer, you know, drops a load and then like, 30 seconds later, drives back onto the trailer, and all of a sudden the forklift's going on and off, on and off. I'm like, that feels a heck of a lot like more than one pallet. <laughs> what was it? So, well, I go in and I talk to the guys because this is supposed to be like a pallet of rejected M&Ms or returned or expired or something M&Ms. And I go in and talk to the guys. I'm like, I, I thought I was only getting one pallet and like a thousand pounds. And 
Come to find out, it was 22 pallets and 15,000 pounds. <laughs> of M&M's? Uh, well, it was all sorts of stuff from, uh, I think it was Mars. So M&M's okay. and Twinkies and all kinds of stuff being returned. But uh, yeah, anyway, so we we called the broker and sure enough, the broker had messed up and uh, glad that we called them. We kind of caught it, got everything straightened out and they ended up giving me a hundred extra bucks on that load for uh, kind of being on my toes. Yeah. All right. Every little bit counts. That's great. Every little bit counts. No, that's awesome. I just, I just thought the the timing was kind of funny because we had literally talked about that like probably an hour or two before that <laughs> happened to me. So what you're saying is that people should not only listen to our episodes, but listen to them on repeat over and over again <laughs> so that everything is totally fresh on their minds at all times, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's really funny. And that must be the uh, the tastiest load of cargo that you couldn't touch ever. Right? I, I told all, them it's they... It's all expired or returned. or Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, and since I'm not a picky eater... Um, I, if they didn't have a good lock on it, I may have uh, I may have <laughs> indulged a little bit in the M and M's. That's good. That's good. Well, okay, Chris, let's get into this episode, which, as I said, is called "Good News, Bad," or I should say, "Bad News, Good News," right? Because you like to put the bad news first. Why is that? I, I do. I, I it's kind of like ripping off a band aid. I, I like to just rip off the band aid and get it over with. Bad news never gets better with age, and so just get it over with. Oh, well, do uh, you care to enlighten us? What is the bad news today, Chris? Um, it, it, I had a, a tough end of November, beginning of December. Uh, the week of Thanksgiving, um, I'm, I'm driving down the road and I start to get a check engine light warning that the coolant level is low. So I go in, I look at the coolant level, and it's it's really not low, Um and so I, I kind of, I call a mechanic. Mechanic says, yeah, that's kind of not uncommon with that truck and that engine. Uh, you know, we always kind of just fill the, uh, the coolant reservoir, you know, past full. And so I, I did that problem still not fixed. And so I drive to the, um, Kenworth dealership in Cheyenne to see what's going on and to make a very long story short, the uh, head on my truck was cracked, Ooh. which I, I don't know how well you know engines. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's uh, that's not something to mess around with. That's uh, that's a whole new engine, right? You got to overhaul that thing, right? It, it's an it's an overhaul. You know, a lot of the times you just have to replace the head. But in my situation, um, they re- they had to replace the head. Um, there was a little bit of damage to the cylinder walls, so they had to replace the cylinders, bore them out. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you, quite quite a bit of repairs. So I, I was off the road for three weeks. Oh, man, that is brutal. Yes, yeah, especially this time of year because December is a, a really, really good time of year for freight. You know, the best time of year, end of November, or well, all of November, December, just two of the best months of the year and – tough to be sitting on the sidelines while that's happening and that's uh, so yeah those two months call it nine weeks and you had to miss three of them uh, you know plus any time off you wanted to take for thanksgiving or christmas or what have you and uh, that that's a huge chunk of that time missed 
It is. Yeah, it was it was a way more time sitting on the sidelines than I would have liked. And so then, yeah, I had to, I ran right up to once we got back on the road, I ran right up to Christmas and then took took off again the day after Christmas. Yeah. Um, luck, luckily, I was gonna, I was able to spend Christmas at home. Well, OK, so this is oh, man, uh, I think this is the 870th time we've talked about savings on this show. Uh, <laughs> this is a great time to bring it up again. Um, because I'm curious about how much this cost you, not only in time off the road, but in the the actual cost of the rebuild. Yeah, the so the cost of the rebuild it's it's crazy. It's a it's a car. Uh, it was thirty two thousand four hundred fifty five dollars and sixty six cents. And that is is that more or less than you had made in profit up to that point in the year? Oh, it's definitely more than we made in profit. Oof. Ouch. Yeah. So, so savings, you know, on a company that's less than a year old, I mean, you have a $32,000 expense like that and you just, you, there's no way you've um, netted enough profit to, to pay for that. And so, I mean, that, that can, I mean, that's one of those things that we see happen on occasion. It, that kind of repair, especially on an engine with as few miles as mine had is, is really uncommon. Um, usually you don't have to do that until you're closer to the million mile mark. And I was just, you know, about half that. So it, it shouldn't have happened. It usually doesn't happen. So, you know, my experience isn't going to be what most other people's experiences were. But, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it's a big, big expense and, and it's it can kill you if you if you don't do things right. But yeah. well, you, you're ready for this is where the good news comes in. You're I ready was for just the good ask. news. You remember I bought that uh, extended warranty and I was kind of trying to decide whether I wanted to buy it or not and ended up buying it. Did it it helped then? Every last penny was covered. No way. Yeah, so I didn't have to I didn't have to put any money out of my pocket to pay for the repair. Um I it was just my downtime. Wow. You know, 3 3 weeks of downtime's tough. You you add a $32,000 repair bill on top of that, that makes things really hard. But I, you know, I'm, I've never typically been a huge fan of extended warranties on vehicles, but man, am I glad I got that. It was huge. Yeah, no kidding. I was just thinking, you know, I get phone calls all the time. Uh, we're trying to reach you about your extended warranty on your car <laughs> and I never answer the calls. And now I'm thinking, well, dang, maybe I should. I'm, yeah, I'm still no, not going was, to, but. Yeah, I, I don't think I would ever do it on a, on a car <laughs> car. Yeah. But. Man, on a on a semi truck, I'm I'm a, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but I'm definitely a believer of, you know, somebody that's just starting out their business, um, getting that extended warranty. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. Well, let me ask you that isn't the only lesson here, I assume, right? I mean, I was kind of joking about savings earlier uh, as one of the lessons to learn here, but in your case, that didn't even come out of your savings because it was covered by the warranty. But what other lessons do we do we kind of glean from this? Um, there, there's definitely a, a quite a few lessons that I've learned as I've kind of gone through this um, little bit of an exercise and learning experience. Um, first and foremost is you've got to be prepared and kind of plan ahead, prepare ahead of time for something like that to happen. Because if, if it happens and you haven't thought about it or you haven't taken some measures to kind of hedge against it, that's when it's going to totally catch you off guard and put you in a super, super tight spot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I say prepare ahead of time, the, the first thing in, in this situation that, it, you know, let's talk a little bit more about is that extended warranty. 
Um, when I, you know, I, I, I bought the truck from a used truck dealership. I bought it from Packard Financial in, in Salt Lake City. So, um, you know, they take in a lot of the Packard, so Peterbilt and Kenworth um, trucks and, that are come either coming in off of leases or guys are turning them in, tr- trading, getting a new truck, and they sell all that stuff. And so, you know, it's, it's you're really pretty much buying it from the manufacturer an affiliate um, subsidiary, I think of the actual manufacturer um, builder of the truck. Yeah. And so the, the extended warranty you get with it, it's a Packard warranty on the Packard engine. And so I, I would assume they're going to back it up a lot more than, you know, just some um, other third party or, you know, if you, you buy it from uh, some private seller and, and you, you're probably not going to have an opportunity to get something like that. So you may pay a little bit more for a truck in that kind of a situation. But then, you know, they go through their certified pre-owned thing and they have to do that to be able to offer the extended warranty. And that's just a, a, a huge peace of mind. Well, let me ask you about the cost on that and kind of how much you'd paid for that extended warranty up to this point. Because uh, you avoided paying, what did you say, thirty-five thousand bucks, something like that. So I've 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 used it twice. The first time was when I had to get towed. The repair bill that was all covered on that came to about, if I remember right, it was somewhere between I think twelve hundred and fifteen hundred bucks. And then yeah, now just the um, thirty-two thousand dollars and change. So yeah, we're we're approaching close to thirty-five thousand dollars that. Uh, extended warranty has paid out. And when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, I can't remember the prices exactly off the top of my head, but if I remember right, you could get one year for about $4,000 and one year, 125,000 miles, I think, or you could get two years and 225,000 or 250,000 miles for I think it was like seventy five hundred. So it was, it was like another thirty five hundred bucks more for the second year. So I bought I bought the the two years worth two hundred twenty two hundred fifty thousand miles, and it cost me I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure I, I should go back and look it up, but it um seventy five hundred bucks. And that's right around there. Is that seventy five hundred upfront or spread out? No, it, 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 they financed it into the cost of the truck. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so, great. So yeah, you, yeah, it's so, rolled into that cost. It's huge, and so I'm. I paid seventy five hundred, and have now gotten thirty five thousand dollars of benefit from it. Which I mean, you you talk about investments and and ROI or return on investment. I mean, that's huge. And I mean, it's not just the repairs that it got you right. It it's kind of helped you with. It doesn't the extended warranty do roadside assistance that sort of thing? I know it it doesn't. So it didn't. It didn't. Well, I, in this situation, I, I drove the or truck I'm, right to the. The dealership, so I didn't have to use it. But no, I, it doesn't cover any of that kind of stuff. But it it covered all parts and labor. Okay, I must have been thinking of something else. Yeah. So there there is you know there speaking of roadside assistance, there are things that you can do to kind of help with roadside assistance. That's another way that you can kind of pre- prepare for some of these inevitable things that are going to happen. Um, you know, I, there there are companies just like you know you 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 you're familiar with AAA, right? Sure. On, in the the car world, where there there are similar type things in this the semi truck world, where you pay a certain amount each year and you get a free tow or roadside assistance, where they'll come out and jump your vehicle, repair a tire, 
um, you know, just do some of those roadside things that are helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So any downsides then to something like roadside assistance or even the extended warranty? I think with the extended warranty, I don't really see too much of a downside. I mean, to me, more than anything, it's insurance. Um, you know, you're starting out a company that your truck is your biggest asset and that's the money maker in the company. And if, if it goes down with a major repair or some kind of major catastrophe, it's going to kill you and, and probably, you know, good potential to put you out of business. And so that extended warranty or any kind of warranty is going to just give you some peace of mind and give you some cushion so that if something like that does happen, which it, again, it's, it's, it's unlikely if it was more likely that the, the cost would be a lot, lot higher. It's unlikely it's going to happen, but if it does, it's probably going to kill you. It's going to sink the ship. And so I'm at this point, I'm a huge believer of an extended warranty for somebody who's just starting out a business where if, if some major, um, repair bill like that comes along, it's going to put you out of business. I, I think you should do it just to protect yourself. Well, I mean, at this point, you're kind of the poster child for this sort of thing. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what about the roadside assistance? Any reason that somebody wouldn't uh, get something like that? I'm, I'm not as big of a fan on the roadside assistance, and, and it's for a, a, a few reasons. So you remember I had a tow bill, yep. I, 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 and I, don't, I haven't done a roadside assistance program yet. I've done some research on them and they usually cost like around 500 bucks a year is what you pay for them. But there's a lot of limitations that come with it. So in my situation, I had a $2,000 tow bill, just under 2000 bucks. And I got towed just over 150 miles. Well, I don't know exactly how much that would help me. Although I do know that most of the roadside assistance places that where a tow package is covered, it only covers up to 50 miles. So I would have still been out another hundred bucks, um, or excuse me, a hundred miles, which would have been pretty close to another thousand bucks out of pocket at least uh, on that tow bill. Um, so um, there, you're looking at it. You know, if I if I would have saved a thousand bucks, but I'd already paid 500. There's 1500. I paid 2000 for the tow bill. I, you know, I'm, I may be ahead, but I, I'm, I may not. Um, it, it's not as, to me, it's not as big of a no brainer. And the other limitation with it, with, with the roadside assistance thing, like if you have to have somebody come out and give you a jump or fix an air leak or, um, you know, provide you fluid, they'll come out and do all that stuff, but they only cover like the first hundred bucks typically. So, you know, I, I, I'm assuming even in those situations, you're still going to be forking out money out of your pocket. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I just don't see as much of a benefit. And, and in most situations, a, a tow bill like that, like the, what I had, it, it hurts, but it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Well, and this is one area where I, I would love to hear from some other people. So go to hollandassetsllc.com uh, and go to the comments section in the show notes for this episode or go to Facebook, find us on Facebook. And, uh, you know, kind of like you, Chris, are the poster boy for extended warranties. I wonder if there are people out there who have had great experiences with roadside assistance and maybe want to share their stories as well. I'd like to hear those. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. I'd love to hear them too. So this is kind of, these are a couple of things that you might do to prepare for events like this. Uh, but, you know, hopefully they never happen. But if they do, you've got to have a plan in place. Does your plan go beyond having the extended warranty in place? Anything else that you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I think there's a, 
a handful of other things that um, that you should you should be doing or thinking about it. So first off, like in my situation, you know, this is kind of where it hit me is all of a sudden I'm I'm not moving for three weeks, and so I'm not earning my driver wage, and so you know I'm I'm not bringing home the bacon anymore. So you've got to have a contingency plan for that. And what kind of contingency plan can you have for that? You know, I, I think there's a few other things and we'll first off, you know, we'll talk about savings. You know, when you're going into business for yourself, um, you want to make sure your fin- your personal financial situations, at least in a decent um, spot. And so, you know, hopefully you've got like a little bit of an emergency fund, a little bit of money saved up. That's kind of the ideal situation is you've got a little bit of money that can help float you by for a little while if something like this were to happen. Right. Any other suggestions? Yeah, I, I think another thing that you can potentially do is you can get a, a temporary job. So in the trucking industry, it's actually, you'd be surprised, fairly common for, you know, somebody will be listed as a driver. So you, you kind of, you know, you fill out a driver application, um, you know, and, and you apply to work for another trucking company, but you just tell them, hey, I'm I'm probably only going to be able to work kind of to my own schedule on an ad needed basis um, when, when when it's kind of convenient for me. And um, I, I know a lot of guys that kind of do this. They may be like a police officer on the side or a fireman and they're they're hired on by a trucking company where they'll say, hey, I'm going to be off for two weeks or I'm going to be off for a week and I want to go drive for you. And, and a lot of times trucking companies will do that because, you know, they, they have a truck that's uh, a driver that's out sick or um, you know, a driver that quit on them and they want somebody to run the truck for three weeks while they hire somebody else. And so if you know a few people in the industry where you can kind of get on board with a trucking company like that and, and when a situation like this happens and your truck breaks down, you know, they can a lot of the times put you to work really quick and, and you can drive for them for the one, two, three weeks or whatever um, it takes for your truck to get repaired. And, and that way you're still bringing in some money and, and can... Uh, you're not the uh, one paying for a repair bill and not having money coming in to pay your rent, mortgage, and buy food for the table. But you know you can take care of it that way. Interesting. I I would never have thought of that. Uh, now you've got plenty of other stuff that's potentially there to keep you busy. So I imagine you did not avail yourself of that option, did you? I no, I didn't. Yeah, I've got plenty of other I, other things to kind of keep me busy. So I I I worked on some other stuff and. Um, kept myself busy that way. Yeah, nice. Um, now, could you, if your truck breaks down, are there loaners or truck rentals that you could use to keep yourself out on the road? Yeah, that's actually a great question, Craig. And yes, there are. And a lot of times dealerships will have either they, they've got a, they've sometimes dealerships will have actual trucks that you can rent for them. If not, um, you know, shops will, or they, they oftentimes will have a contact where you can um, rent a, a short-term rental on a truck. And, and that can be a good thing too, especially for different times of the year. So you know, if if I were looking at you, want to look at your numbers, see how much it's going to cost you to rent it. Um, there's a few other things that you kind of need to keep in mind too. But you you want to look at the cost of the rent, see what your cost a mile is. A lot of the times, you know, you, there's a, a a rate for the the actual rental, and then they charge you a certain amount per mile for maintenance, like wear and tear on the tires and all those kind of things. So you want to factor all that stuff in, 
and and see if the rates that you're getting are going to be enough to kind of cover those costs that you're going to occur from the rental and um you can you can use our our uh cost per mile calculator on motorcarrierhq.com to try to figure that out you can kind of do it a little bit on your own but you you definitely want to know what your numbers are and and figure that out and so in a time like november december when rates are really really good it's probably going to be advantageous and beneficial for you to, you know, spend that money and lease a truck. Um, if uh, if it's January and February when rates are really really low, it may not be make economical sense to lease something. You know, the, the only other thing that you really ought to think a little bit about, um, Craig, when you're when you're leasing a truck is or renting one short term is, you know, before you you get it on the road, you know, take it for a little bit of a test drive, make sure there aren't any issues or problems with it. Um, do a good walk around. You know, you, you always want to do that when you rent a car. It's ten times more important to do that when you're when you're renting a truck because um, last thing you want to do is is have something that's going to cause a safety violation or cause you issues when you get down the road. So just uh, do a good thorough test run and walk around to that truck before you take it on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So any final kind of tips to get through a time like this? Yeah, so the, you really need to manage your expenses because um, you're gonna you're still gonna have a lot of those fixed costs that we've talked about that are still gonna be incurring even though your truck's parked. So the first person that you need to talk to in that kind of a situation is your insurance agent. A lot of the times, the insurance agents can either pause the coverage, which a lot of which pausing it can be can be kind of difficult, but they typically can at least like drop your cargo insurance or reduce. Um, the mileage radius, they've got some tricks up their sleeves that they can do to kind of reduce your insurance bill for the time that the truck's parked. Um, just keep in mind, it's not one of those things you want to be calling them once a week and changing coverages and, you know, reducing things and trying to save. You, you want to save money, but you can take that to too much of an extreme where your insurance agent's just not going to want to work with you anymore because you're making changes all the time and it just it becomes your account becomes too much of a hassle for them and, and they don't make a ton of money off of those things. And, you know, if they're having to service you every day or two, you know, or week or two fixing things, they're going to lose patience. So only use it when you absolutely have to, but definitely reach out to your insurance agent and see how they can help you out. Let them know what's going on. And I imagine in a conversation like that, even just acknowledging that you understand this isn't the most convenient for them, uh, would probably go a long way uh, toward being a decent human being like we've talked about in previous episodes and uh you know speaking yeah. speaking their language and all that goes a long way right absolutely yeah if you're if you're trying to like nickel and dime them like early on all the time and just say hey i, I want to reduce my coverage for this week and then increase it the next week and reduce it the next week when when it comes time and you have something big like this happen, they're going to be a lot less patient with you and, and less likely to really want to work with you, go above and beyond to help you out. But if you've been a good client of theirs and, and you fall on hard times in a situation like this, they're probably going to bend over backwards to give you a hand and, and do everything they can to help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Any other people that you can talk with in a similar way uh, about yeah, reducing your expenses? Your finance company, you know, the, the company that's financing your truck and or trailer, um, talk to them. A lot of the times they will allow you to skip a payment. What they'll do in those kind of situations is just kind of add that payment back to the balance of the loan. So it's it's not going to save you money. It's just kind of 
kind of delay it. It's going to give you a little bit of a breather for that month while you're off. Um, reduce those expenses a little bit. Um, again, that's not one of the things you want to make a habit of, but uh, if you reach out to them, um, a lot of the times they, they realize it's a short-term thing. They want to help you out. They want to see you be successful. The last thing they ever want to do is have you turn that truck back into them or them have to repo it. So um, talk to them, and, and a, a lot of them will work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's uh, some pretty good solid tips, I think. I love hearing those, Chris, the, the really concrete things that people can do other than uh, you know, save some money every month. Although that is important. I love these little tips. So that's great. Um, okay. So any final thoughts on this subject now that you're, now that you are back on the road and, and things are looking a little better moving forward, hopefully uh, any final thoughts on this episode? Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the going through a situation like this is tough. It's, it's stressful. It's, uh, it, it's hard, but it, it's definitely one of those things you just kind of have to take a step back and, and take a breath and just realize, you know what, this is a short little blip in the road. It's a short little period. We're going to work through it and we're going to get right back on track and and be able to get over it. Just don't let one something like this discourage you to the point where you feel like you've got nowhere to turn. There's options. You just kind of have to push through them. And, and that's really the big difference between the guys who succeed and the guys who don't, or the guys who can figure out a way to work this, work through this. You know, if you just say all of a sudden, Hey, um, I'm not going to be able to work for three months. I'm not going to, or three weeks. I, I, this is going to kill me. And, and all of a sudden you lose faith and you lose hope and you quit trying to think through ways to solve the problem. And you don't call your insurance agent. You don't call the finance company. You don't, you know, try to, muscle through this kind of a situation because there there typically are solutions people want to help you out people want to work with you as long as you're good to them they'll typically be good to you and you can get through this kind of a thing so don't despair that's uh it's very catholic of you chris <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> that's great uh well very good all right well i i appreciate you uh, detailing this story i had heard a few uh a few details about this but it's nice to get the whole story and kind of hear that like you said it's uh, it is tough but it's not necessarily the end of the world you can keep going if you're if you are prepared and if you take steps in the moment to to get through it so uh good well chris it is as we are recording this we are sneaking up on the end of 2019 can we expect some uh some new year numbers what you know we're going to talk about 2019 as a whole when we get back in the new year yeah i don't i'm not sure that i'm ready to do like a 2019 in review yet i think we'll do that one once we hit the 12 month mark but i I think for episode the next episode we're going to talk a lot about um goals and planning for the next year and that should be a good episode i'm a planning is something that's hard to do and not necessarily fun but it's a big difference maker to plan and set goals for a year. And it's something that I've been doing for years. I didn't do it early on in my businesses, but the last you know five, six, seven years, I've done it religiously and it makes a huge difference. One of the most important things you can do as a business owner. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to that and uh, I hope everybody else is as well. Uh, make sure that you are following us on Facebook and make sure that you go to hollandassetsllc.com for the show notes, the full show notes uh, and the comments section there. 
we would love to hear from you. Like I said, we'd love to hear your stories, uh, similar or different to what we were talking about here today. Uh, and then also, Chris, you mentioned earlier, MotorCarrierHQ.com is the place where people can go to get a lot of the tools, the calculators, the spreadsheets, the all the stuff that I'm terrified of. They can go get that there at MotorCarrierHQ.com. Anything else I'm missing before we head out for the day? I I don't think so. I'll, you know, give us a review if you, if you like the podcast, either on Facebook or on Google. They sure help us out, or Apple, iTunes, or Google Play, <laughs> or wherever it is that you listen to the podcast. Um, we'd sure appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Chris. I will talk to you next time. See you next week. Do you want to hear me tell you about the nightmare of me going to pick up the truck? These are my favorite stories. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> uh, it was so it was such a nightmare. So I they call me on a let me see if I remember right. I think it was on a Friday and said the truck's ready to go and I wasn't going to be able to leave until um, Saturday afternoon. Well, late, like later on Saturday. And I had about a six hour drive to go get the truck. I'd rented a car. And, um, so I'm like, okay, I'll pick it up. But they closed at like 11 o'clock at night and I wasn't going to be there till a little bit after midnight. So uh, we'd coordinated that they were going to leave the truck outside of their front gate. What could go wrong? So I get up there and it's in Cheyenne. <laughs> yeah. What could go wrong? It's, but cold, I get up there and I start the truck up. Everything's running really well. Everything's good. Um, and, and I go out and start doing my pre-check as it's warming up and um, the, the air tanks are filling up with air. And I, I hear the, uh, the air, once it fills all the way up to the right pressure, there's a like a pressure relief valve that, that shoots out that, a yeah. spiff of air and I hear it do that and I go in the truck after I finish the, my my pre-trip and I start driving and I literally I get a hundred feet down the road I turn onto the frontage road headed towards the freeway and all of a sudden I look down at my air gauges and I see the air is going um, <laughs> down and not <laughs> filling back up and I'm like oh crap what's going on <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, I drive it to, there's a, a Sap Brothers. I drive it to the Sap Brothers in the parking lot. I play around with the brakes for a little while. It's not building up air pressure. In fact, it's still continuing to kind of go down. And so I drive it back to where they had it parked, parked it there, slept in the truck till 7 o'clock in the morning when they, when they opened back up. And they're all like, there, there is no way we're going to be able to fix it today. There's a chance we might be able to diagnose it later on this afternoon, um, but we're not going to be able to fix it. I'm like, crap. Because I was, I was trying to get home because um, I had something going on that next Sunday evening, and I, I just I, I could not miss it. And so what I ended up doing is I ended up getting an Uber right back to the rental car place, renting the car again, um, and I left the truck there and drove back home another six hour drive back home. Oh, it was my wife's family's Christmas party. Oh my gosh. And so I, um, drive back home there for the party, sleep overnight. The next morning 
they called back and they just said that perv valve had frozen open um, after it had kind of done that initial purge. And so they'd, <laughs> they'd actually pulled it in the day before, let it warm up and thaw out. And then the next morning it, uh, it was working just fine. I drove back up, picked the truck up, got back home, picked up a load the next day and, and was finally back on the road. Oh, that is brutal. You know, people complain about winters in uh, New England, but they've never experienced Cheyenne oh, in December. Yeah, Cheyenne's terrible. And it didn't even end all there. Oh, really? There's, There's more. There's more to the story. Oh, my So I, I, I pick up that load, that first load, and it's taking me to Dallas, and I get about halfway to Dallas, and the check engine light comes on. And there's you and the did you did, Chris be honest did you cry? I, at this I, point? I'm you pretty much cry? in tears at this point. There there's <laughs> check engine lights on the truck. There's kind of different levels of check engine light, and this is like one of the lower levels where it's not an emergency. Take it in to get it fixed when you or looked at as soon as you can, but you don't have to do it right away. So anyway, I end up I go and drive deliver my load, go pick up the next load that's outside. You know, it's a couple hours outside of Dallas and drive back into Dallas that night, get into Dallas at like 11 o'clock at night, go to the, the dealer, the Kenworth dealership in, in Dallas, which is part of the same franchise as the one that's out of Cheyenne. And they, they get me in pretty quick. So I'm, I'm doing my 10-hour reset, and they're, they, they pull it in, they look at it. Well, lo and behold, the, uh, the guys in Cheyenne, as they were putting it back together, had forgot to put a... Um, vent hose on the valve cover and uh of course they did i mean obviously yeah so like a a, a five or ten minute repair it was fixed and uh finished my uh i i at least was able to find an easy place to park in dallas and uh was back on my way the next morning and and that was you know two ish weeks ago and the trucks run great since yeah yeah good as new (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I I can't believe you got back in the truck after that. I'd be so frustrated. Oh uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, the, my my patience was wearing a little bit thin at that point, but uh, I, everything seems to be going pretty smooth now at this point. And let's keep our fingers crossed that it goes that way for a while. I'm in. I've had plenty of bad luck. I'm I'm due for some good luck, and uh, hopefully this streak will of of no issues will continue for at least a couple months. Yeah. Well, anything I can cross, I will. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely getting lots of experiences for the uh, during this first year. I think we'll probably go through everything in this one, you know, this first year of uh, hauling assets. <laughs>